Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your hosts, Jason Fernandez and me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. Number one, thank you guys for taking the time to come out. I know it's not, it's no small feat to leave the affiliate, take a trip. How many, how many of you guys traveled from out of state? Oh shit. Okay. So all of you basically like a handful of people that I met that are from Texas, but um, number one from me, this is personal from me to you guys. Thank you. Like I genuinely appreciate anybody that cares enough to make the trip to invest in their own education and their learning. And I really, really want more affiliate owners to do that. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask again tomorrow, but I'm going to ask you guys today, please connect with other affiliates in your local area and community and get them to come to these events. And I'm not even necessarily talking about this one. Yes, come to this one, but the summits. Get their asses out of their gym and get them to the summits. The open is important. Running good affiliates is way more important. If we run good affiliates, the open and the games is gonna be everything we all want it to be. Because all of that is built from the affiliates, right? Those athletes have nowhere to train if there's no affiliates. There's no coaches if there's no affiliates. There's no real CrossFit if we don't have affiliates. So. We want affiliates to be better. It's our entire mission inside of Best Hour. Um, and it's really, really important. And, I, and I'm very, very grateful that we have the opportunity to come and speak to a captive audience. I don't know, I don't know how many of you guys have ever done any sort of uh, teaching or public speaking, but there are a few things as rewarding as speaking to a captive audience. If you've ever spoken to a bunch of people that don't give a shit what you have to say, uh, this is like the best possible environment to be in. So uh, I do not take that lightly at all. Um, so what I'm going to talk about today is about referrals and the whole goal with everything that we teach is I, I want it to be actionable. So I want you guys to leave here today with an action step and program to go back and help grow your businesses. Okay. Um, this is essentially kind of like a fraction of what we teach inside of what we do in affiliate you. Um, so we'll kind of dive in here. Um, but we want to talk about how to two extra referrals, seven step process to build a referral machine. So first and foremost, I want to talk a little bit about who we are as Best Hour and what is important to us. And we believe CrossFit is the best thing to ever happen to the fitness industry. And we're committed to doing everything possible to make affiliates premier gyms around the world. Our number one core value is affiliates first. Okay. If it's not better for you guys, we don't touch it. We don't talk about it. We don't consider it. Okay. And that's really, really important to us. I still own my affiliate. I've had it for 14 years. And I know what you guys are going through. I've been through virtually every stage of doing it really, really awfully all the way up to like doing it pretty well. Okay. And it's really important that the things that we roll out and the things that we work on, come on in guys, have a seat. Um, is there's two seats over here. Yeah. The, uh, is it needs to be, up, dude? needs to be relevant and important and useful to the affiliates. There's no point in giving you guys more work. That's not going to have, our ROI on it. I know because I own my affiliate okay? and there's nothing worse than like, Hey, run this ad campaign. I'm like, so I got to learn to run ads now. Like, okay, I'm a, I'm a, what am I going to do with the other uh, five minutes of my day that I have left over after that? Okay. Um, so just a little bit about my journey, 2007, I found CrossFit. My wife introduced me to it. Uh, I walked into CrossFit Virginia beach at that time, which was then Pat Sherwood's gym. And if you guys, I mean, how many OGs in here? I mean, who knows who Pat Sherwood is? 
Yeah, he's like OG, OG. I walked into his gym. He's wearing a beanie. I remember he had this like sour look on his face, which he kind of always has because that's who Pat is. And uh, the workout I did that day was JT. So JT was the first workout I ever did in CrossFit, ever. 37 minutes later, which is not a good score, by the way. Um, I was like, we're going back tomorrow, right? And then the next day I got power cleans for heavies and I was like, all right, this is my jam. So um, been doing it ever since and have the good fortune to be doing all things CrossFit. I do a lot of things, but I really just do CrossFit. I just do it top to bottom. Okay. Um, in 2009, we opened our affiliate, CrossFit Rife. Um, this is our original space up here, which is a complete dump, to be honest with you. And I put this picture up here because the thing that is most embarrassing about this whole thing is how many fucking GHD we have in here um, in like a 2,500 square foot space. Just like that was probably at that point in my affiliate ownership, that was uh, mistake number uh, 99 that I had made as, as far as opening the affiliate. Has, I thought five GHDs was necessary at that point. Um, 2013, joined seminar staff, one of the best jobs on planet Earth. Uh, and then 2019, Jay and I hit record. Uh, what was the April, what was it, 13th? What was, where's Nate? Do you remember? What was the date? Do you remember the date? We had an internal quiz on this in the team the other day, best hour. Like, I think it was like, I think it was, a, I think it was April 13th or 12th or 13th as we hit record for the first time. Uh, and that just spiraled out of control. And uh, we've helped over 500 affiliates in the last 30 months all over the world. And uh, I can think of no more rewarding endeavor than like making better CrossFit affiliates. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about the referrals thing. And I want to start in a little bit of a different place. And how many of you guys have ever said this? I, I need more leads. We're going to start this with honesty, everybody. Okay. You have to be honest. You have to raise everybody, raise your hand. Everybody in the room, full extension of the elbow. Okay. Yeah. We, we've all said that. Okay. And, and there's nothing wrong with wanting more leads. Okay. If you guys listen to the podcast, I recommend you go back and listen to the podcast that we did with Daniel Chaffee, who I think is the goat of all affiliate owners. Okay. Anytime somebody comes to me and they say, Hey, I'm going to expand my space or I'm capped on class sizes. I'm like, I want you to look up CrossFit Louvre in Paris. Louvre one, two, and three, of which he has 3,000 members across those three affiliates. None of them are larger than 4,000 square feet. Okay. I'm going to say that again. None of them are larger than 4,000 square feet. And he has 3,000 members in there. Okay. So it's not always about more leads. It's about doing it really, really, really well. And I bring up Daniel because he's, I think he's a brilliant businessman. I think he's uh, uh, all through and through an affiliate owner and a CrossFitter. But more importantly, he knows how this concept works. And he's a very, he's a shining example of like, hey, you don't need to run ads. If you know how to work with your clients and create a fantastic experience, you can grow a fantastic CrossFit box. Okay. So you may need more leads, right? So I'm not gonna stand up here and tell any of you that you don't need more leads. I have definitely seen under the hood of many, many affiliates. And for sure there are some when I'm like, you definitely need more leads. Zero is not a good number to start from, okay? Um, but it is far more likely that you already have what you need to fuel the majority of the growth that you are looking for. It is far more likely that you fall in the second group. Okay. Now, some of you might fall in the first group, at which point we need to figure that out. And it's probably website related. We could talk offline, but few and far between, is that the problem? Okay. So when we're talking about generating sales think about there's kind of three different categories like the most the, the cheapest sale i'm ever going to make is selling the client reselling them the standing in front of me okay 
The second cheapest one is going to be a referral. The third cheapest one is going to be an old client. And the most expensive one is going to be a new client that I've not met yet. Okay. So when we're talking about referrals, we're talking about real high ROI and real low cost. That's why referrals are really important. I also think the referral thing is important because if you're not getting referrals, it tells me a lot of other things about your affiliate. Okay. And this is where some people are going to kind of get their feelings hurt. And I think that's okay. Okay. But if you're not getting a lot of referrals, I can make some strong assumptions about what is going on inside the walls of the box. And the good news is we can fix that. Okay. How many referrals do you get? Anybody, how many refer, how many, raise your hand if you get more than two referrals a month, more than five. Okay, great. So I've got two and I would argue three. So I would argue that like, we should all be getting at least five a month, at least five. Okay. Now we have to talk about what would need to be true in order for that to happen. And then how do we go about doing that in a systematic basis? And everything that we teach and everything that we do, number one, I test all of it, right? So I never run anything through to teach inside of Affiliate U that I haven't tested over and over and over with myself and then more experienced gyms to make sure like the shit works. It's not just a pie in the sky idea. And I'm like, I know how it works. I know where it breaks and I know what would not make it effective. But we need to get more. But how many more? And this is always the question we get of like, if I... They're like, my members are like, I asked all my members and then they said all their friends are here. And I'm like, really, Ryan? Like, you have no friends other than the other people in the 5 p.m.? Right? Like, that's it. You have no other friends, right? And it's just not true. And it's really important that we understand, like, there's resistance there, but why does that resistance exist, right? They for sure have more friends. If they don't have more friends, they've got family. But they've got, they've got work associates. They've got somebody that they could pitch this to. And the reason this is important, how many of you guys had, are here because CrossFit changed your life? I want you to look around the room real quick. It's like 100% of you, okay? That same experience is happening to your members, and it begs the question of like, well, if they're getting the same experience that I am, why are they not referring people? It's kind of a weird question, right? If it's changing your life, why wouldn't you tell other people about it? And you're like, oh, okay, we need to dig a little bit deeper here. And there's two major components to getting referrals. All right, this is not the part of the steps, but you need to understand how and what would get you referrals. Number one, they must like your service. And that seems like a weird, obvious thing to say, right? They must like your thing. Has anybody ever recommended something that was terrible? You're like, I went to a really shitty restaurant, you should try it out, Joe, right? No, of course not, right? They must like your service. And this is something that all of us will deal with at some point or another. Most people will leave the CrossFit affiliate because they become indifferent to doing CrossFit at your affiliate. And what I mean by that is like nothing bad happened. It just wasn't anything that sparked their interest anymore. It was like what I described as warm milk toast. It's just blah. Okay. That's why the vast majority of people leave a CrossFit gym. Okay? Either the coach was boring or the programming wasn't exciting to them or a combination of the two of those things. Okay. But that's why they leave your gym. Occasionally they will have a bad experience. But for the most part, that's typically not it, right? They just got bored with it, okay? So they must like your service. And number two, which is the part that we all struggle with, you have to ask the right way, okay? Which is where we're all bad at this, okay? Because 
How many of you are like, I started a CrossFit gym and I definitely, when I opened my gym, I was like, I'm a business owner. Nobody raised their hand. Of course not. You're like, I want to help people. Raise your hand if you're that person. Great. Cool. That's the people I want running affiliates, right? But we still have to understand how business works. And I still have to understand, like, you do have to ask, right? Everything in your business starts with the sale. I don't care how you feel about money. I don't care how you feel about sales. That is just the matter of fact truth. Everything in your business starts with a sale. If you do not make a sale, you cannot upgrade your service. You cannot provide a better experience. You cannot pay people or yourself. Okay. Everything starts with the sale. This is the important part as well. When you're asking for referrals, you have to understand what you're asking people to do. Giving a referral is a risk to a client. Okay. Can anybody give me a, an idea of why you think it is a risk to refer somebody? Yeah, correct. A hundred percent nail on the head. Okay. If I recommend any one of you here and you have a bad experience that now is reflective of me as a person. Okay. Going back to like, when they're like, all my friends are here, understand they're telling you to be like, I don't like it here enough to recommend it to other people that I trust. That's what they're actually telling you. Okay. Cause if they loved it, they'd be bringing people in all the time. Okay. But we have to understand that it is a risk for them. Okay. For some people, it's a little bit bigger risk. For some people, it's a very low risk. But at the end of the day, it is a risk that they are taking because they're putting their personal reputation on the line to make that happen. Now, if we understand those components, they got to like my service. I have to ask the right way and it is a risk for them. Let's, let's talk about like what it would mean if I got good at this. So let's paint the, let's paint the pretty picture now. Okay. What would it mean if your business got you regular referrals that they outpace your cancellations? What would that mean to your business? You got more referrals and you got cancellations. Yeah, but what kind of growth would we be talking about? You would grow infinitely. You would never stop growing. Okay. And this is the important part about that. Like, and it would be free, by the way. Okay. You would grow forever if you could do this correctly. Now, is that realistic? Probably not for most people. I tell you what, though, if you could hit that mark 50, 30, even 25% of the time, your whole like, I need more leads starts to really fade off to the side. You're like, oh, turns out just doing a good job is actually the best marketing on planet Earth. Okay. And that's what I need to do. And this is something I want you guys to all consider start measuring. Every month, I want you to measure how many referrals did I get? How many cancellations did I get? I got bad news for you. The first couple of months is just going to be zero on the referrals because you're just not good at it yet. However, even if you cut that number in half, right? You got seven cancellations and you got four referrals. We can talk later about what that means for the business, but it, that could be something that equals 2x growth for your business over a long enough period of time. If you just got more referrals, if you cut your cancellations in half by buffering them with the referrals, there are scenarios when that you can double the size of the business in 12 months by just doing that. I have done virtually everything wrong you could possibly do in an affiliate. Many of them twice. Okay. I was like, you know, I did it bad. I'm gonna do it really bad the second time. Okay. And there are some things I've figured out and it's always funny. My wife makes fun of me. She's like, everything takes 18 months longer than you think it does. And you really like to do things the hard way. And I'm like, I don't know how to change that. I'm sorry. Okay. I was like, I married you. So, right. Okay. But I have figured a couple things out. 
okay? And this is really, really important. So I'm gonna walk you through, and this is through trial and error. We have run all of this through hundreds and hundreds of affiliates all over the world, okay? So this is tried and true, what I'm about to walk you through, okay? This isn't like a sales gimmick or anything like that. We've run this through at least 500 gyms, so you can say that we've put easily 2,000 referrals into CrossFit affiliates all over the world. Step number one, you must be great at giving them a great service, okay? Now, what is a great service? I wanna define that right now. That is the 60 minutes between zero and 60 that is your group class, okay? Your number one retention tool is your class. If your class is subpar, everything else is harder, okay? Now, what makes a good class? Number one, it's gotta be fun, okay? I do not care how good you are at teaching the Bergner warm-up if your class is boring. And I love Coach B. And if anybody's ever been in any of Coach B's seminars, that old geezer is fun, okay? He is fun. That's why people like to learn from him, okay? He also happens to be really good at what he does, okay? But you have to understand, it's gotta be fun first. And that actually pains me to talk about because I've worked on seminar staff for 10 years. I take great pride in being a high-level trainer. But what I will tell you is I know plenty of high-level trainers that had failed gyms and couldn't get any clients because they're not fun. I've been into gyms when I'm like, this is a dumpster fire from a coaching standpoint, but everybody here is having a good time. The gym is packed. Nobody knows why it's going well. And I'm just like, shit, okay, whatever. So it's a weird one, right? And this is also the counter argument, like, listen, CrossFit is safe. It just is. Even when you move like trash, it is inherently safe. I don't want you to move like trash, but the reality is like, that's where we all started. Some of us are still there, Jay. Where are you at? Okay. Right. It's got to be fun, meaning they have to want to come back tomorrow. Okay. If you're doing constantly very function movements executed at high intensity, the results are baked into the cake. Show up three to five days a week. They're going to get fitter. The end. No discussion right? So let's make it fun, okay? And on top of that, I want to give really, really good high-quality coaching, right? I want fun to be paired with expertise. And when you see people that are really, really good at it, you're not really sure what it, like what it is that they're doing that's unique, but you're like, damn, that's good. For you guys that are going to the summit tomorrow, pay attention when Denise Thomas talks, right? When she gives you guys the demo, she's a whole lot of both of those things, okay? She's also my spirit animal, okay? So she's a perfect example of both of those things. So that's number one. You got to have, a, it's got to be fun and they have to have great coaching. Your service matters and the restaurant analogies here are endless, okay? Running a CrossFit box with okay coaches is like running a restaurant with okay food. You're not going to get a ton of return customers, okay? All of you have been to a restaurant that had like okay food. I always tell this, there was a restaurant in Virginia Beach for years. It was called Lubo. Is like a wine bar restaurant and the food was really good okay the service was terrible but we kept giving them a chance for like way too many years and every time we'd go there and it would get worse and i'm like statistically speaking you guys are crushing it that you get worse every time that i come here right and eventually we stopped going and eventually that place closed down and they had great food right meaning that's the fun portion of it right but the service was terrible. I'm like, I can't deal with this shitty service no matter how good the food is. Right? If it takes me two hours to get a meal, 
or you give me the wrong meal, this is now a real sore spot for me. Okay. So you got to pay attention and you got to make sure that you know how good your service is. And if you guys don't take your own classes and taste your own food, you need to start doing that. Okay. Because if you're in your class thinking that this coach is boring and holding you in the deadlift position too long, guess what your members are thinking? This coach is boring and they're holding me in the deadlift position too long. That's not fun. How many of you guys have filled out your uh, profile on the affiliate map or CrossFit.com? Maybe a half, of, not even half, 25% of the room. Go fill out your credentials on the affiliate map before the weekend is over. Log into your CrossFit ID on CrossFit.com, update your credentials, okay? Those are mine at my gym. You should be pushing all of your coaches down that pipeline. Having a credential doesn't mean you're a great coach, but it does give me a pretty good idea of what you're pursuing. Okay, it's not all about credentials because you can be a level four and a huge asshole. Okay. The likelihood is that you're not though. If you had the humility to go take that test or take the level three or take the level two and get feedback, we probably sorted some of those things out along the way. Okay, but this is what you should be pursuing, right? There are objective metrics out there that determine now what really, really good is. Okay, this is why I'm a huge fan of the level four. Okay, if you think you're good and you're gonna tell we have great coaches and great community and you have a staff of 12 that only have that credential, I'm gonna push back on you real hard. I'm like, they might be fun. I don't know that they're great coaches. Okay, we wanna be both. Okay, technique and intensity, right? It's not either or, hey coach, I'm gonna move faster, I'm gonna move well. I'm like, well, I prefer both, that'd be ideal. Right? Do you want the class to be fun or you want it to be coached well? And I'm like, well, I'd prefer both. That'd be ideal. It'd be fun and coached well. Okay. Start chasing these credentials. It's taken 20 years for this to be online. Everybody should be chasing it. I will also tell you don't chase the level four preemptively. Okay. Have somebody put eyes on you if you're going to go take that evaluation. Okay. I've had that des described to, to me, the level four, and I just did this about less than a month ago. And four of our staff took it, three of us passed. How many of you taking your level two? Good for you guys. Fuck yeah. Okay. How many of you taking your level three? Hell yeah. Everybody else take your level three. Okay. <laughs> you guys know when we do the class at the end of uh, day two and you guys watch the red shirt take you guys through a full class. I've had people ask me like, hey, what's the difference between coaching at the level two on that day two workout and the level four? And here's what I was told. The level two is an example of a really, really good class. The level four is putting your life's work on display. That's the way you should treat, teach the level four. I'm going to give you everything I've put into this whole craft for the past 14 years, and I'm going to try to distill it down into two classes. Okay. That can be a daunting thought, but that's what that is. Okay. And that's what it should be, quite frankly. Okay. That should not be a layup for anybody. You should have to walk in there and sweat bullets and really, really give your best effort to make that happen. But chase that. Doesn't mean you're gonna run a successful affiliate. I will tell you, it gives you a much better shot of running a, a successful affiliate. Step number two, you have to build a logical offer, okay? Most people create subpar offer or incentivize the wrong person. So how many of you have a referral offer at your affiliate? Okay, cool. So for those of you that I've worked with, you can't answer these questions, all right? For those of you that I haven't worked with, or that we haven't worked with you, what's your referral offer? What do you offer? 100 bucks. For who? Cash. For the person that's referred. For, for the person that's referred. Okay. What else? 
50 bucks. Okay, cool. What else? How many of you are like, not sure? I mean, I think we have one, but I'm not really sure what it is. It's fine. Okay. And this is the part, right, where we, we need to build this logically. Okay. And there's science behind all of this, but when you craft it correctly, it works. Okay. So your referral offer, what we recommend is 40%. Why 40%? Because mathematically it's impossible for you to lose on the deal. Okay, so we'll use easy math here. 100 bucks is your membership, 40%, $40 to each person. That means after the transaction, when they get the referral, I made 120 bucks, I'm up 20% on, the, on that transaction, okay? If you're charging for an onboarding of some sort, it's, 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 you're never gonna lose on the deal, okay? Unless some, one person brings in five people, at which point, should I bring, should I give them, you know, uh, $200? I'm like, fuck yeah, you should give them $200 right? If average client value for that person over the course of 12 months is $1,500, they just gave you a lot of money. Go ahead and give them 200 bucks. Okay. Right. Be liberal with giving that out. Okay. Don't withhold. Okay. Then you got to build a program. Okay. So I've got the offer and then I have to build a program. Okay. You have to repeatedly and systematically put the offer in front of them. Okay. They're not going to remember. How many of you forgot something important you're supposed to do this week? How many of you are like, shit, I think I'm supposed to be somewhere right now. Okay. They're not going to remember. You have to continue to put it in front of them. Okay. This is why we created Bring a Friend Week. That, that course has been downloaded more than like 2,000 times. Okay. I regularly have people that we do not work with. This happens twice a week. They're like, I ran it. 30 people came in. I closed 10 of them. Okay. There was a guy at the Boston Summit who had 83 people come in for Bring a Friend Week. Okay. I don't work with that guy. And I'm like, good, good for you. That's what I want. Okay. I don't know anything about that guy's gym, but if he has 83 people come in for that, I can make some strong assumptions about what's going on inside that guy's affiliate. Okay. But you have to create a program. You guys will get access to this. It's free. It's done for you. Okay. Take a look at it. It works every time, as long as you just run the play. Okay. One of these is weird. <laughs> and if you're like the one on the right is weird, then you're weird. Okay. Okay. And this is what I like to call the mayonnaise effect. Okay. An offer absent of a vehicle for the offer is out of place and it's weird. Meaning, if I just saw somebody walking down the street licking a mayonnaise jar, I'm like, that's weird. That's real weird. Probably a sociopath. If I see somebody eating a sandwich that has mayonnaise on it, I'm not going to notice the mayonnaise. They're just eating a sandwich. That's not weird. This is when I run things like bring a friend week systematically, and it's paired with a referral. You can pitch that over and over and over, and it doesn't feel weird. You know what feels weird? In the middle of a workout, I'm like, hey, Nick, or Rick, you know, I'm like, I just want to talk to you about the referral program. Can you push your knees out for me? <laughs> yep, good, yeah. And by the way, we have referrals, right? And he's like, that's weird and out of place, right? I do want to ask for referrals all the time, but again, if, if you're just asking at the wrong place, wrong time, it's weird, okay? It comes off as like desperate and super salesy, okay? okay? So you have to know where the right time and the right place is. If you've got a good offer, place at the right time and right place, you're highly likely to get somebody to be receptive to the offer. Okay. When to ask, right? So like, okay, what's the right time and right place, Fern? Like, what do I do? Number one, during the sales process. The second somebody reaches out to you, ask them or tell them that you have a referral offer, 
I'd say, hey, Irene, like, thanks for reaching out to CrossFit Rife. Like, if you have somebody that you think would like to come in with you, we know that people are far more successful if they start with somebody else and it'll be cheaper for both of you. Bam, right there. That's not a weird placement because she wants to know how to make it cheaper for her anyway. Okay. Make the offer. And it doesn't matter if she takes it or not. It's education, right? I'm putting it in front of her no matter what. During the promotion, something like bring a friend week. Right? Be like, hey guys, bring a friend week, bring your friends, bring as many as you want. No holds barred, there's no rules. And by the way, if they join, you're going to get an incentive for this. And when they have a big win, catch them when they're on the high. Right? Like, hey, Jen, I saw you PR'd your back squat. Like, I know you've been here for five years. You've been crushing. I remember the whole journey. You lost, you know, whatever, 50, 60 pounds. Like, that's amazing. Like, if you think you somebody else would like to go through that too, go ahead and give them this card. It's 100 bucks for free. Okay. Give it to them right there. Okay. Same place you would ask for a Google review. Hand them out some, some referrals. Okay. But those are the three most logical places to offer the referral. And if I think about those three, right? What happens is how often am I bringing people into the sales process on a monthly basis? Five to 20 times a month, depending on your gym, right? I'm gonna run Bring a Friend Week three times a year at least. That means I'm gonna be running in about, I'm gonna be promoting it about every 90 days. And then how often do you guys have people that have wins in your gym? Hopefully a lot, hopefully multiple a week. All right, you guys track PRs in the gym? Why aren't you celebrating those? Offer the referral right there. Between those three right there, you should be handing out 20 to 40 of these a week, right? And then you just see how many come back, okay? But it's not gonna hurt you to hand them out, okay? Because you designed the offer logically. There's no way you can lose on it. So make the offer, okay? And by the way, it's fun. It's fun to interact with people on relevant and relative timeframes, right? Instead of like, hey, Bob, it's your one month check-in. Like, I sent him this email because somebody told me that this was the time frame to check in with you, right? Instead of being like, Justin, bro, I was looking at the report yesterday. You're crushing attendance this month and you hit two PRs last week. Like you're a stud. Keep it up. Yeah, you're welcome. See, there you go, right? Real time. But that's way more fun. Pay attention to what's going on inside the box. And it, this becomes very easy, right? For those of you guys that are like, I don't want to sell stuff. Yes, you do, number one, okay? You just don't know how to ask, okay? Ask in the right time, right place. Everything's easier and it feels good. That's the best sale. The best sale is the one that feels good for me to sell it. And the best sale is the one that feels good for them to buy it, okay? That's the optimal sale. Okay. Step five, reward in public. Everyone likes to be acknowledged, okay? Everyone likes to be acknowledged, especially Jason Ackerman, okay? Right? Thanks for acknowledging. You're welcome, yeah, right? We started changing this about a year and a half ago where we give out cash at the whiteboard, okay? You know what gets people's attention at the whiteboard? Handing out cash at the whiteboard, okay? All those people who are talking about silly shit where you're talking about the workout and you start handing out dollar bills, they're like, whoa, 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 what is that? And I'm like, it's the referral. And they're like, you guys have a referral? I'm like, Jenny, you've been here eight years. You can't ask that question. Okay. But it's one more place to educate them and create awareness around the referral, right? So I told them during the sale process, I told them during the promotion, 
I told them when they got a big win and I rewarded publicly to create an, an additional awareness around it for everybody else. Okay, so reward publicly. I've seen people do all sorts of silly stuff. They write, they get like the big checks, right? Like they won the lottery checks and they hand those out, like they post them on social media. But I do also think there's something important about physically giving somebody something, right? Somebody like, well, I'll, uh, I'll take a hundred bucks off their uh, membership next month. I'm like, well, not taking something from somebody is different than giving them something, right? Like me giving Tom my shirt is different than me not taking Tom's shirt right? He's probably much more grateful that I gave him my shirt. Okay. So actually give the gift. Okay. Again, how do you reward them? Cash, swag, whatever. It doesn't matter. Start somewhere. You can get as creative with this as you want, right? The only limitation is your imagination. It's kind of like scaling, right? Come up with all sorts of crazy stuff. Highlight on social media. Don't withhold the referral. Okay. Don't come up with silly requirements for that person to stay for three months and all that other stuff. I'm gonna tell you right now, the second that person, you're one of your members, brings somebody into your affiliate and makes the handoff and they buy, your member's job is done. That's all they were responsible for. It's our job to make sure that that person stays. Okay, do not withhold. Okay, this is why the referrals don't work if you're doing that. Well, they gotta stay for a year. I'm like, so you're gonna pay me in a year? I'm bringing in nobody at that point. Like nobody's got time for that. Okay. As soon as they convert and they join, even if they're only there for a month, you pay that referral out. Why? Because we already know mathematically, I'm still going to come up on the deal. It doesn't matter at that point. Okay. So be liberal with the referral. I have had, this is a real scenario. I have had somebody come in. We pitched the referral. That person comes in the next week. We pitched the referral. He refers another person the next week. We pitched the referral again. A fourth time, four people off one person in less than three weeks, right? All based on that single offer. Hey, we have a referral. He's like, I'll have a buddy. Boom. I'll have a buddy. Boom. Give it again. And I'm like, let's just keep going. Why not? Okay. Be liberal with it, right? You want to reward good behavior. Step six. Track your numbers. This is the face I make when people are like, you have to know your numbers. I'm like, oh. I'm like, what numbers are you talking about, right? Because numbers are like, A, which ones? B, I don't know how to find them, okay? And it's just annoying to track, right? But you do have to know your numbers, okay? I'm sorry, you ran a business, which you signed up for, whether you like it or not. You have to know your numbers. That'd be no different than like doing CrossFit and never logging a workout. Like, hey, are you getting fitter? I'm like, I maybe, I don't know, feel like it. Like if you never tracked a weight, a rep, a time or anything, that would seem really silly. Okay. And that's how we're a lot of us start. If I'm like, Hey, what's your, what's your churn rate? Like, I don't know. And I'm like, what's your profit margin? Like, I don't know. Right. I'm like, what's your average attendance weekly? And you're like, I don't like this conversation anymore. I'm going to leave. Right. Right. That's the same thing as not keeping a logbook when you train. Like, I don't know why I'm PRing. I'm like, show me your logbook. And I'm like, well, I'm not tracking anything. And I'm like, I think we found the hole here. Okay, you gotta track your numbers. Which numbers should you track? Referrals, cancellations, I already told you this, okay? If you could get to a point where you're going one-to-one -one ratio, I guarantee you would be growing for a really, really long time because that doesn't factor in anybody else that's walking in the door. Okay. We just brought on a gym uh, last week, two weeks ago, and I was talking to him, 
they're in Georgia and it was hilarious. Like two, uh, two buddies, they're like older guys. They're, they're really funny. Um, and I was doing the onboarding call with them and I was like talking to them about their lead flow. And I was like, how many leads a month do you guys get? And they're like, I don't know, like 10, 12, right? Like doing pretty well. I'm like, that's pretty good. Cool. And I was like, I was like, so then I pulled up their website and I was like, that's actually astonishing that you guys get 10 to 12 leads because I can't figure out on your website and I've been on here for five minutes, how I would contact you. But I was like, that does tell me this, your gym's probably pretty fun. They're like, oh yeah, people just bring people all the time and they just show up and I'm like, listen, man, I'm about to make you a millionaire. If we do this, fix your damn website. Like put a, put a form on there. It says name, email, phone number. And like, you guys are going to blow up. Okay. But if you, but it brings up a point. I'm like, if they can grow and it's physically impossible to contact the gym, like imagine what would happen if you could just contact the gym. Okay. They're doing some things right there. Doing a lot of things wrong, but they're doing some things right. All right. Start asking. You got to ask, right? Don't make it weird. It's rule number two of coaching. Rule number one is always look cool. Okay. You got to ask. You have to ask. If you're uncomfortable asking, here's what I would tell you. My experience when I went through this and been through many, many iterations of this is because I knew I could be doing things better in the affiliate and therefore I was uncomfortable asking for the referral. I knew that the bathrooms were dirty. I knew that the classes could have been run more efficiently, right? I knew that the coaches weren't as good as they should be. So therefore I was afraid to ask for the referral. Okay. This is why I think referrals are so important. It's a, it's a level of self-accountability. If you're really good at what you do, you shouldn't have a problem asking for a referral. If you're really good at what you do. Okay. Now that doesn't mean you've made it, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you have to be a level four, meaning you gotta be really good at what you do. You can never ask for a referral until you get level four. What I'm saying is like, you're on the path, you're putting in the work, you're doing the right things. I consider that being good at what you do. You've just not reached that date on the calendar that you're looking for, okay? If you care, if you give a shit, you can ask for a referral, okay? And then just continue to make whatever that you do better, right? Make customer service better. Make it more fun. Reach out to people more. Okay. Make your coaching staff better. Okay. The reason that's important, you need to have really good coaches. And at the same time, I'll tell you, it doesn't matter. It's like a weird thing. But it doesn't. Okay. How many of you guys think you have great coaches and great community? It's okay if you do. I'm not saying you don't. But yeah, I'll tell you, it's not the differentiator. Because everybody else says the same thing. Okay. Here's what people do know and understand. They understand good customer service. They understand good customer service. We were doing a podcast at CrossFit Heath. It's on the other side of Dallas this morning because we've been working with Brandon for a couple of years and he's crushing over there. And it came up during the podcast. It's like, you should run an experiment. If somebody walks into your gym, I might say this should not be the standing policy, but it's just a test, okay? Don't have any of the staff approach them. See how long it takes one of your members to get them to where they need to go. If nobody talks to them, we got to talk about your community. Okay. If the, if your members get to them before you do, we got some good things going on there. This happened to me like two months ago. I was literally like mid conversation with a member. Like I'm, I was facing this way. She's looking at me and she's mid conversation. She just walks away. I was like mid sentence. I'm like, where is she going? Right? Like walking this way. 
She saw somebody come in the door that I didn't see. She grabbed them, walked them over to another coach, came back and picked up right where we left off. And I was like, I feel like a real piece of shit right now. It's like, I was like, I own the place and you're, beating, you're doing my job. That's the culture we want to create in the gym, right? I want my members to care about those new people just as much as I care about those new people. Right. Few ideas work the first try. Iteration is the key to innovation. This is your job as a business owner at large. Iterate, iterate, iterate. I can think of nothing that I've done that's worked the first time. It's typically like the fifth or sixth time. I'm not really sure how many iterations of Bring a Friend Week that I ran or that I tried before it actually worked. And then it started working and then we handed it to other people and then it worked more and then we handed it to more people and it kept working. And I was like, okay, this is now, this is now something that actually works. Okay. Don't be afraid of failure. You're going to fail at most things as a business owner, by the way. I've been doing this 14 years and my list of failures is far longer than my list of successes. Far longer. Okay. Fail forward, fail fast. Okay. And learn from your mistakes. Don't make the same ones over and over and over. Okay. But don't be afraid to fail. Okay. Fear of failure is the path to mediocrity. Okay. Just get over it. Right. None of you would be a coaching if you're like so scared that you never tried to cue somebody. <laughs> like if you have a real short coaching career. Okay. You got to iterate. Okay. Keep trying things. And the question you should ask yourself is, did it work? If so, do more of that. If it didn't, why? It's not that the thing didn't work that you tried. It's that you don't know how to do it. And I've learned that lesson repeatedly. I'm like, this is stupid that it doesn't work. Only to later find, I'm like, oh, I had no idea what I was doing. I was doing like the complete wrong variation of that idea. Okay. You just don't know how to do it. You got to get the reps in. You got to figure out why things work. You got to shore up weaknesses that you have as a professional, not just as a coach, but as a leader, as a box owner, as an administrator, as a business owner. You got to start to shore those things up. Okay. If you're not good at sales, guess what? Get good at sales. Get good at sales. Why not? If you can snatch a barbell, get, you can get good at sales. Okay. I, that is a hell of a lot harder than sales, by the way. The snatch. Okay. Get good at sales. Get good at communicating with your team. Get good at asking for referrals. You know how you do that? You start. You start trying. You do it over and over and over and over. And then one day you're like, I'm pretty good at this. Okay. But that's how it works. Okay. It's not easy. The faster you try, the more reps you get in, the faster you're going to get there. Um, if you guys need to get in touch with us, um, that's my information up there. If you guys have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Best Hour of Their Day podcast. We appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you in your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms, or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.